Well, let's look at 1 Corinthians 14.33. We've been in a series for a, a bit now called that we call God is the Author of Peace. And we took time to read the context of this verse and you know early on, but we're not going to do that. You can go back and listen to those messages. All, the, all of those are available on YouTube and Facebook, on our website, on our podcasts, all that. So uh, that all that is available, and you can go back and listen to it. 1 Corinthians 14.33 says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Amen. Amen. You think almost you don't have to say that, but you do, because there are so many religious ideas about God in the world, and, and one of them is that God is doing everything good, bad, ugly on the earth, that He's in control of everything, and that it's all His will. That's not true. But that drives a lot of people, again, away from God, because if something terrible happened, to you or a loved one, and you believe everything that happens is God's will, well, you're going to have to struggle not to be angry at God. That's going to be because if somebody else comes in and does something to somebody that you love, uh, you know, apart from the grace of God, you're going to, it's going to be a push for you to, to, to forgive that person. Well, if you think it's God, where you go? Where do you run? The one you're supposed to serve is the one that just killed your relative. What, what do you do with that? But that's what religion tells you. No, that's not true. God is not the author of evil. If God, you know, God is sovereign and His will is going to be done, that doesn't mean everything that happens is His will. The Bible says He wishes that all would come to the knowledge of the truth, that they would come to know Jesus, but not all people do. And if, the, if, that, if in that area, the biggest decision people ever make, if he's not going to make that happen for people, then how many other areas? He's not, he's not forcing things. He gave people a free will. So God is not the author of confusion. He is the author of peace. He's not the author of destruction. He's not the author of death. He's not the, the author of, of all the negative things in the world. If God is in control of everything, He's got this place, this world, in a mess. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. And people look around and say, how are we going to fix this with natural things? Well, if you think God is the author of it, why, if we really believe that, why are we fighting against the will of God anyway? You know, it just doesn't make any sense. You know, If you believe it's God's will for somebody to be sick, don't go to the doctor. If you believe you're supposed to be completely without, then just go all in and just get rid of everything. And I mean, let's not be hypocrites. If we say we believe that, then let's go all in with it. Right? God is faithful. He's a good God. Religion will tell you all these negative things. Then people look at it and they go, I don't know if I want anything to do with that. That seems weird. You know, you go in and you don't know. You know, you go all in serving God, but you don't know. He might kill you teach you something. Well, you know, you're not going to learn a whole lot when you're dead. How many of you learn a whole lot when you're sick? Don't know about you, but I mean, it's, you know, you look, when you're, when you're not feeling good, you just want to go to sleep. You don't want to try to study something. That's not when you're, you're at your best. No, God is not trying to teach people stuff through calamity. 
If you did that to your child, they would call it child abuse. They may come and lock you up, you know. You, you, well, you know, I broke my kid's arm because, you know, he, no, you don't do that to teach somebody something. No, God is a faithful and good God. First Thessalonians 5 verse 23 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We read some of these scriptures. We're just you know, recapping some, but notice it says, may the God of peace, he is the God of peace. He's the God of peace. Second Thessalonians 3.16 says, now may the Lord of peace. He's the Lord of peace. No, look what it says. Now may the Lord of peace give you peace always in every way. May the Lord of peace give you peace always and in every way. So it applies in every area and it applies all the time. That's his will. Is this a, is this a Bible verse? Yes. Second Thessalonians 3.16 is in the Bible. It's not, it's not my idea. He, the Bible says that the Lord of peace, so the one that is the author of peace, we read, he will give you peace always and in every way. That's his will. Well, you just look at all the chaos and there's a whole lot of non-peace, right? So that's not his will, though. There is a devil. There is an evil one. There is one working against God. He hates God and he hates people uh, that go after God. And he is trying to draw them away from God. And, they, and if we... If we People that let themselves be drawn away from God or not to Him are going to suffer the same fate as Him, the evil one. John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you. This is Jesus speaking. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Beginning of verse 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So Jesus is saying, I'm giving you my peace. It's not like the world's peace. Not up, down, and you know, left and right, and here and there. You know, here one day and gone the next. No, the... He gives us peace, and then He says, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. So His will is for us to be in peace in life. Amen? Amen. We read Second Thessalonians. He said that to give you peace always and in every way. Now let's look at Proverbs 3, verse 17. I'm going to talk about something specific today in relation to this. Now, this is in context. We could read a lot in Proverbs 3, but it's talking about wisdom. Well, where does wisdom, true wisdom? We have a whole series on this. It's on our website, talking about the wisdom of God. Wisdom, true wisdom, is from God. There's a whole lot of things that uh, in the world, philosophies and ideas that tout, that, tout themselves books, bestsellers, documentaries, whatever, that, that, taught, that tout themselves as wisdom, but there is a hole in every one, 
If it's not truly based on the Word of God, there are fault lines and they will show up eventually. In other words, they might get certain results because anything that truly gets results in some way, if it's, if it's going to stand the test of time, is based on the Word of God. It is truth. There is truth that, that, that um, goes across all ideas that will hold up under any circumstance. That is God's truth. That is truth. It doesn't have any hole in it. But, but men's ideas, they'll fail. They may look good for a while, but there's, there's something wrong with it. So it may get you certain results, but what you don't realize is that you're paying for it over here. And you may not know that until decades later. You know, think about all the diets that have come and gone. I mean, I'm not that old, but I've seen a lot of diets come and go. A lot of things that were good for you now, but a little bit later, they're not good for you. If you're listening to just instruction, it, it was good for you, but now, no, don't eat that. And then it flip-flops sometimes, comes back around, no, it is good. And then there's whole diets, not making fun of anything, just talking about reality, because you guys all know it. Cut out all of this. Cut out, no, there's total opposite. Cut out all of this other thing. Okay? Bottom line is, the, the information and the instruction changes. You, need, you could be on a diet for a long time, not realize you're not getting this other thing the whole time. You're getting results over here, but you're missing out over here. You need to be led by God, even with diets. Don't go all in because somebody said something, because it may really work for them and their body type. But for you, it's not working. I'm not just talking about you know, certain superficial things. You may not be getting the things you need. So, no, we can't just take a man's idea um, and just run with it. it we, need to, we need to be led, even things naturally. But this, in context, Proverbs is talking about wisdom. And then it's talking about uh, the results of wisdom. So in Proverbs 3.17, it says, Her ways, wisdom's ways, which would truly be in context and in the light of God's word, God's ways... Are, are his way, her ways, wisdom's ways, God's ways are ways of pleasantness. All her paths are peace. So anything that's truly of God, that's truly after what he would say, it is peace. Now in the Living Bible, look at this. It says, wisdom gives... A long, good life, riches, honor, pleasure, peace. See, the word for peace, we just read in, in like the New King James, which it's elaborating here in the Living Bible, is shalom. And that means, I'm just going to read you some of that. that. That Hebrew word for peace is shalom. It means well, happy, friendly, uh, prosperity, health, peace. It means completeness, safety, soundness in body, welfare. I'm going to read, this is another definition, but kind of overlaps. Health, prosperity, peace, quiet, tranquility, contentment, uh, peace used of human relationships, peace with God, especially in covenant relationships. That, that word, has a, it's loaded. And so when it says wisdom, the ways of wisdom, the ways of God are peace, it's talking about all of this. Peace. And God is the author of peace. God wants us to walk in peace. 
Psalm 32.8, let's read this and we'll comment on some of these things together. Psalm 32.8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eye. In the NLT version, I love this. It says, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Well, what do we know about that pathway? It's going to be a pathway of peace. Of not just quiet, but of all these things we read. Of wellness, of soundness, of wholeness, of health. And so one thing about this, sometimes we think about this purely in ideal terms. When we, when we look at verses like this, I, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. When we look at the, the previous verse where it says, the ways of, uh, her ways are ways of pleasantness, all her paths are all God's paths for you are paths of peace. Sometimes you think about it purely in the ideal sense, and, and you can have a connotation like this. Yeah, that's true. If only I would have made better decisions, then now I'd be experiencing peace. And we look at the ideal like, yeah, if, if you do everything just right now, you would be experiencing true. If we had only made certain choices, now we could be at peace. We'd be experiencing all these things. The follow-up thought is, but I didn't. I didn't, I didn't do everything you know, so, and then the next thought is, so, I'm disqualified in some way, shape, or form. And there's a truth there. We want to walk as much as, you don't want to run in the opposite direction of what God says. That's never going to be good. Staying close to God and walking in His ways and doing what He said, it's, always, it's going to do exactly what the Bible said. It's going to bring uh, Peace, it's going to bring His ways. And there, there is a truth there. You would not want to tell your kids, well, you know, just go out, do whatever. It's all going to mean the same thing. That's not true. Amen? Amen. We, that, you can't go to this extreme, okay? The one extreme would be, it doesn't, doesn't matter anything you do. It's all going to end up in the same place. That's not true. The other way is, it's all dependent on you. You better toe the line and do everything perfect or else. That's over here. The other thing is it just doesn't matter. The truth is in the middle. The truth is God has provided for us everything we need through Jesus, but it does matter what we do. And our reaction to Him matters. But, then right, like when we talk about this, there is a connotation. Like I said, sometimes ideally where you can easily, and you have help and do this, supernatural health on the negative side to do this, to disqualify you from experiencing anything now because you didn't do everything completely right and you'll have help remembering that. You probably don't need any help of remembering the things that you haven't done perfectly. Nobody has. And the longer you live in life, the more you see maybe what you thought you were doing really good. Maybe you start to see more of what it wasn't quite as good as you thought. Well, what do you do? I mean, as you're walking through life, then does that mean it's all lost for you? You know, these verses, you can't, 
you know, great. You just you teach those to the young people and just that they, they go on, on the path. But, you know, if you're so far down the road, you know, what do you do? Well, the truth is these verses uh, and this principle applies to us all. And we can have the peace of God in spite of mistakes. We can have the peace of God in spite of of not doing everything completely right. It's not because of it. We don't hold that lightly. We don't recommend it. But if it's just that you can't have it unless you toe the line your whole life, then then we're all done. And there is God's will for us then, for every person is exactly what we've just read. His He will guide you on the best pathway for your life from where you are. His his path, God's path, the wisdom of God's path are peace from where you are. In other words, this afternoon, this week, you may be in a place that you wish you weren't in. Maybe you did certain things, but there is a path that you can walk in peace today, tomorrow, coming up. It's not just, oh gosh, yep, this is true. If I wouldn't have done that, then I could have peace. God's truth, His way, He has a path where you can walk in peace now. That's His will. It's not just... Not just at certain times. In other words, see, peace doesn't have to do with just everything being all your ducks in order. <laughs> you know, as the saying goes. You know, you try to get one thing. This is not a bad confession. It's just you go through life. Not everything is perfect all the time. It's just not. And we're going to read some more scripture <laughs> about that. It's not a bad confession. You're going to you know, confess everything's perfect in your life. Good luck with that. It's not the Bible. It's just not true. That doesn't now. It doesn't mean God is making everything bad. It just means we live in a fallen world and God is going to show us the pathway through and to have peace in spite of the fact that it's not perfect, in spite, in spite of the fact that there are challenges, in spite of the fact that maybe even we didn't do something the way we ought to. There is forgiveness, there is cleansing, and there is restoration if we, if we move forward with Him. It's not just when everything is perfect. It is even if you did everything you think you should have done, you would still be challenged to walk in peace today. Even if all those decisions that you think were, were supposed to be made different, you would still have to decide and be challenged to walk in peace now. If we think that's not true, we're deceived. We've been duped into comparing ourselves with something, somebody else's life, and the devil, you know, help you do this, get you to compare and saying, oh, if only I would have done this and this and this, now today I could be at peace. Well, that, that just disqualifies a, a whole bunch of us. And it's not true. It's acting like certain people have perfect lives, but, you know, you don't, so you can't have peace. Or me or anybody else. It's not true. Again, it's not saying, let's go see how bad we can mess things up. 
We're not saying that because if there are some people do preach that doesn't matter what you do. God's grace is sufficient. Well, God's grace is sufficient there. He'll get you through. But there's just why not have just you don't need certain problems in the first place. It's like, you know, I could shoot my foot, but there's healing. But why shoot my foot? You know, hit my thumb with a hammer. I can get it well, but the better thing is just don't hit my thumb with the hammer. Get it out of the way. Right? We know that in the natural, but sometimes spiritually, it just, people just go dim. We just believe all kinds of nonsense that, that doesn't hold up normally. It's not logical in the real world, but you know, because it's taught in church somewhere, people think, oh, shut their brain off and just go forward. No, God is, God is not... Uh, he, he's infinitely logical, in other words, if we would see as God sees, we would see... See, we, we walk by faith, all right? We walk by faith, not by sight. But if you could see as God sees, you would think, oh yeah, that's exactly what we should do. In other words, God sees the way... He, he sees beyond anything you see. And you, like it'd be like if somebody were in a helicopter directing you through a bunch of mountain passes and they're really tall and narrow and you're like... I, I don't know how to get through here, but they can see exactly how to get through here. And they're saying, go here and here, go down, you know, a hundred yards and go left. And there's an out. You're going to get out over here. You can't see that. But you're, you're going by faith. But if you could see the way they see, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's exactly the fastest way. See, that's the way when we follow God. We're walking by faith, but he already knows the end from the beginning. He sees and he's like, go here. If you could see the way he sees, it's, it's actually completely logical. See, he, it's, it's not faith for him. He's telling you to do something because he already knows how it's going to end up. It'd be like you already seeing how it's going to end up for your five-year-old and say, go here. You're helping them with an exercise at home. They're like, I just don't understand it. You're like, trust me, it's here. See, you're not walking in faith. You know exactly to them. They might be looking at you and trying to believe you. That's faith. But God, God's ways, if we'll trust him, uh, his ways are right. Second Corinthians 10 verse 12 says, For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. This is talking about some people that are touting themselves against, you know, the Apostle Paul is the one that wrote this uh, letter, and we're going to read a little bit more of it uh, here in a minute. But he's talking about these people that are coming, and they're basically uh, tearing Paul and his company down to these people that they're ministering to. So in other words, Paul is ministering to this group of people. These other people come in and are bad-mouthing Paul to them. And they're saying all this stuff. And Paul is talking about those people that are bad-mouthing, and he's saying... He goes, we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, saying these guys are using each other as a yardstick. These guys are coming in saying, you know, aren't we great? And they're looking at each other and using them, each other, as a measuring stick for how good they are. But it says, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. He's saying that's stupid to compare yourself against somebody else. But that's so many times the what we get in our, our mind when we're talking about what we're talking about today as far as 
our ability to have peace, we say, well, if only I would have made decisions like so-and-so, and we put people on a pedestal, consciously or unconsciously. You don't know their life, and you don't know what they deal with every day. I mean, unless you know them intimately, well, then maybe you'd have insight to be... See, then the goalpost just moves. You think, okay, well, yeah, I don't really want to be like you. I know too much information. So all, I, I, I idealize this or idealize the decisions of somebody that's on TV or, or YouTube or whatever. You don't really know them. And you think, oh, it's easy for you to have peace. It's easy because, look, you did this, this, and this, and this. That's an example of what, we're, of what Paul is talking about here just as much as anything else. It's, it, you, it's, the grass is always greener on the other side. That's a cliche, but there's, cliches are cliches for a reason, because they're true, and people wear them out. The, the Bible is saying here, you don't compare yourself against somebody else and what you think they're going through or what, it think, or what you think it might be like. And in this case, what we're talking about decisions you made or how their life is or how much peace they have based on what they're going through. See, because then we'll say, well, if only I would have done such and such, then I could experience this like such and s- this person. When in reality, if you knew what they're dealing with on a daily basis, maybe you'd think, well, I didn't really do so bad and, you know, shift it. You, it's so easy to, and you'll have help with this, you imagine that if something wouldn't have happened a certain way, then I could be happier. Then I could be at peace. There could be truth to some degree, but we have to be very careful about doing that and giving an inroads into the enemy to distract us, to get us off, to get us thinking uh, on the wrong things, and get us to basically disqualify ourselves from experiencing peace today for looking for God's solution now to go forward, and that it is a pathway of peace, and it's a good pathway, and it is a way God can bless us now and be at peace now. We don't take, because otherwise we take, we, we tie, you think this is impossible, but you tie God's hands. The Bible says in the Psalms, well, I think it's what, 78, that they, the Israelites over and over, they limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited Him. How? Because they basically said, there's no way you can do this. Well, see, when we say, I, I mean, I, 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 I'm so thankful for what Jesus has done But unfortunately, I did this and this and this, and I can't get there from here. We undo what he's done. There are challenges that come to every person. And we have to make the decision to walk in peace in spite of those challenges. And God has a way to walk through it in peace. Doesn't mean peace, meaning, you know, it looks like a pond, glass-like at, at first light when there's no ripples and nothing's going on. We're talking about something much stronger than that, where we're going, we have peace even though there is chaos around us. Maybe we are dealing with something heavy. You know, we, we ought to, we, we can't, We don't make light of the stuff that happens in this world. There's some heavy stuff that happens to people. And if you haven't walked through through somebody's situation, 
you don't know how you'd respond. You may think, oh, I, I would, oh man, I would just gird up in faith. There's no move in me. You haven't been there. Now, if you have, you maybe know a thing or two about that situation. Maybe you know, I'm going to keep my mouth shut because I know exactly what it's like. It's so easy to say, well, I, I would do such and such, or, you know, this, this would be an easy path, or that's not so hard. All that is pride. It's us thinking, you know, well, we'd handle it some way different. But we can't, on the other hand, then just make it like, well, so-and-so, they don't have challenges, and so, you know, I can't, I can't have complete peace because I, I'm not dealing, I don't have their life. Look at 2 Corinthians 11, verse 16. We're going to read this in the NLT. This is looking at Paul and some of the... This is later in 2 Corinthians. There are some, this is looking at some of the things Paul went through. Paul, the one that wrote these verses that we read at the beginning, 1 Corinthians, we don't have to put them up, but 1 Corinthians 14.33 and 1 Thessalonians 5.23, 2 Thessalonians... Uh, and then um, we're re- the one about comparing. But God is the author of peace. May the God of peace, the Lord of peace himself. He wrote in Philippians, uh, be anxious for nothing. He, there's so many of these verses. Paul penned these things. And so then we look at some of the stuff he was actually going through. Yet he is saying you can have peace. Let's look at it. Verse 16, 2 Corinthians 11, verse 16. It says, again, I say, don't think that I am a fool to talk like this. So this is later in that same book that we read earlier where these people are building themselves up and bad-mouthing Paul. And so now he's just going to like say, look, I'm stupid for doing this, but I'm going to defend my track record, basically. He's going to say, look, these guys are talking like they're all that. Look, here's, here's my bona fides. Here are my credentials. I'm an idiot for doing this, but here you go. If you want to play that game, you know, here are my cards. That's what he's saying, but he's saying, but we shouldn't do that, but I'm going to do it anyway because that's the way you're thinking. Verse 16, he said, Again, I say, don't think that I'm a fool to talk like this, but even if you do, listen to me as you would to a foolish person while I boast a little. Verse 17, such boasting is not from the Lord, but I am acting like, uh, like a fool. And since others boast about their human achievements, I will too. He's like, all right, I'm going to wait on it. You guys, that's what you listen to? Fine, here we go. Verse 19, after all, you think you are so wise, but you enjoy putting up with fools. You put up with it when someone enslaves you, takes everything you have, takes advantage of you, takes control of everything and slaps you in the face. I'm ashamed to say that we've been too, quote unquote, weak for that. He's saying these people are taking advantage of you. You don't even know it. You think they're better than us, but okay, here, 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 here's what we've done. He said, but whatever they dare to boast about, I'm talking like a fool again. I dare to boast about it too. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they descendants of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I know I sound like a madman, but I have served him far more. 
I have worked harder, been put in prison more often. Now listen to all this stuff. This is the guy that we're reading about where he said you could have peace. So he is not talking about some real shallow, just everything is going right all the time, sunshiny day, and then you can have peace. You know, sometimes we dumb down stuff to what I like to call Christian easy and have a bunch of catchphrases that in the real world don't really amount to anything. But, you know, people, nothing against this, but, you know, people put a little phrase on Instagram and, you know, used to be bumper stickers and whatever. There's nothing wrong with that at all. I'm not knocking that. But sometimes if it's just becomes cliche and not. Like, we're not going to act on that like it doesn't really work in real life, but it's just this shallow little, hey, we all do this type of thing, then it doesn't actually get results in real life. The, what Paul is talking about is not all that stuff. And we're going to read this. He's talking about really heavy-duty stuff going through, yet in the midst of that, he's saying, you can have peace, which undermines, <laughs> kind of getting ahead of ourselves, undermines us saying, I can't have peace because of I'm dealing with X. Because we're going to look at the person that was used to write a lot of this, and it's the Spirit of God in the New Testament. He's actually dealing with some heavy-duty stuff, yet he was walking in peace. Let's read this in verse 23. Are they servants of Christ? I know I sound like a madman, but I have served him far more. I have worked harder been put in prison more often, been whipped uh, times without number, and faced death again and again. Verse 24. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Verse 25. Three times I was beaten with rods. That didn't sound like fun. Once I was stoned. I mean, none of this sounds like fun. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked hard and long I worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty and have gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without even enough clothing to keep me warm. Then besides all this, I have the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak without my feeling that weakness? Who is led astray and I do not burn with anger? If I must boast, I would rather boast about the things that show how weak I am. He's talking about in and of of himself. God, the Father of our Lord Jesus, who is worthy of eternal praise, knows I am not lying. I didn't think he was lying, did you? But he said in verse 26, Besides all this, I have the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak without my feeling that weakness? He's talking about in and of himself. We'll see that in another verse. But... He's saying, look, who feels the pressure and I don't feel it? He's saying, I've gone through all this stuff. And he's saying, I'm talking, I'm talking stupid. I'm being a fool. But if you want to talk like that, look, here's the way my life has been. I'm going through all this to serve God. And yet he had peace through it. He is saying we ought to have peace. He's walking in that, but he's dealing with heavy duty things. 
So God has a way for us to walk in peace even when we're dealing with stuff. You know, the Apostle Paul, people go, oh, well, wow, he, he wrote so much of the New Testament and mightily used of God. Yeah, look at all the other stuff he was dealing with. Not so envious of that stuff. Don't really want that stuff. But sometimes you look at somebody else, you, so many people we know that, you know, uh, maybe we respect, but we're thinking, oh, they, their life, they, they, they're done everything right, so they don't have anything. Well, I'd say the Apostle Paul did a lot of stuff, right? Yeah, he was going the wrong direction at the beginning of his life, but he turned it around. And he, if you talk about regret, <laughs> he was persecuted. He's having the church killed. That's pretty heavy-duty regret. If you want to say something that would weigh on you, like if I wouldn't have done that, why didn't I just get in on the Jesus train right away? Instead, I'm doing this. Instead, I am having people persecuted and killed. Well, he could feel like, man, if I only would have done something different. Evidently, he didn't do that. He had to push through, and then stuff is happening. He could easily say, I must not be in the will of God. What is this nonsense? I'm getting whipped. I'm getting stoned. People are beating me with rods. While I'm serving Jesus, surely I must have missed it. Surely I'm doing the wrong thing. Y'all out there? Well, sometimes we think that. Well, if I only. Oh, if. And this is happening. Why is this happening? Well, you're reading one of the the most influential uh, Christians that ever walked the face of the earth, and he had a lot of challenges. But he went through every one of them, and he came out. This is the same one that said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens, strengthens me. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7, just a little bit further down. He said, unless I should be exalted, we're not going to get into what he's talking about here. Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Now, we'll just say this. Whenever you bring this up, you know, this is not God. It says a messenger of Satan. And if you look throughout the scripture, a thorn in the flesh is like a pain in your side. It's a figure of speech. And it's talking about people. And these are the Jewish people that were following him everywhere, making his life hard, which is doing all this stuff. They're following him. This is not sickness. If you look at the bull Bible, when they, it is in the Old Testament, talk about there. If you don't kill, if you don't take these people out, like God told the Israelites to take them out, they're going to be pricks. You know, they talk about thorns in your side. They're going to be stuff in your eyes. They, it's the same thing. You have to add. Plus, it says it's a messenger of Satan. It's very clear. It's not God. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. So it is trying to hit him to take him down so he doesn't have the influence that he's supposed to have. Verse 18, concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. Verse 9, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Infirmities talking about weaknesses. All this stuff we're talking about. He's talking about being weak above. In the last uh, section we wrote, we read, verse 10, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, 
in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. He's talking about, he's saying, when I am weak in myself and I'm going through this, that's when the grace of God enables me to go forward. So even though I have challenges, even though I didn't do everything, you know, perfect, right, I'm dealing with stuff, I, the grace of God is still sufficient to help me through, to help me over, and God's peace, there is a pathway of His peace, of His provision, of His way from where I am going forward. Now, in other words, you can get there from where you are. It's not true that, that somehow we've gotten ourselves in a place that God's grace and His help cannot bring us over. That's, in other words, His pathway, His good pathway for our life applies at any place in your, in your life. Right now, there's a pathway. God, look, I, this and this and this is happening. I'm here. I, you know the situation. How do I go forward? In one sense, it doesn't matter what happened because I'm not going there. Is that true? Are you going back 10 years? Oh, I wish I could change it. Can you get there? You can't. What's the only path that I have? I can go forward. And there is a path that God has of His shalom, of His peace, of His provision, of His solidarity, of His soundness that I can go forward. And I can be in peace and walk through it even if stuff isn't right. All around me. Well, yeah, but I, I, can't, I can't have that until this gets fixed. Then, then we're going we're gonna to forfeit what we could have for peace. We're going to wait till everything is, you know, the, the pond is completely smooth. Look at John 16, 33. We'll close with this. Jesus said, we read this before, but it applies here. Jesus said, he said, these things I have spoken to you that in me... You may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus said that I have spoken these things to you that in me you would have peace. But then he said, in the world you're going to have tribulation. You will have challenges. You will have trouble. You will have it. He didn't say might. He said, will. But he said, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. And he said, I gave you my peace. So it applies even if the tribulation's there, even if the challenge is there, even if the pressure. I said this before, that word literally means squashing that tribulation, squashing, squeezing, pressure, the stuff you feel in the earth uh, on you. That's exactly what Jesus is talking about, stress. He said, you're going to feel it. But I've given you my peace. That must mean you can experience this peace in the middle of the stress. Otherwise, what good is it? You get it when you're on vacation and that's it. Thank God for vacation. Most of us don't live on vacation. If you did, it wouldn't be vacation. We'd want a vacation from our vacation. So we need it now. We need it in the middle of where I am now. How do I experience it from now going forward? Today, moving forward. What's the path? What is this decision? May I need the wisdom of God to know where, where is that peace? 
And we're not talking about just a feeling. We can experience it no matter what, but also to calm certain things down. That it would go better in certain areas. What is that path? Lord, I don't know, but you do show me so that I can experience more of what you want me to experience now. But in the meantime, as I'm walking through, regardless of the circumstance, I'm still going to press into experiencing your calm and your peace internally and in my mind just while the circumstances are still changing. Amen? Amen. God's faithful. He has a way through always.